0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and today I am joined with our draft expert, Stephen Gillespie. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, Iman, thanks for having me. Uh, glad you reached out. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited because you know it's uh, it's draft season for everybody this time of year, and I'm just excited to to talk about these prospects that are going to be the future NBA stars.
0: Uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for joining us. And before we begin, I'd like to let you plug anything. Please tell everybody where they can find all of your work.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um I'm active on Twitter, on social media, at Stephen G. Hoops. That's Stephen with the P H the letter G, Hoops. Um, all of my written work is available at noceilingsnba.com. And for anybody who may not know a lot about draft prospects, uh, we have covered well over like 80 individual prospects over at that website, Um, And we've also mentioned like hundreds more um, and that's available for free for anybody. A lot of draft sites like have paywalls and stuff like that behind them, but we try to give as best content as we can for free. And we also have a podcast where our shows are released five days a week during the season. And that's no ceilings NBA. Um, That's available anywhere you get your podcasts. And we also do like a lot of cool like video interviews um, guest interviews, all of our shows are on uh, YouTube as well at No Ceilings TV. That's where you can find all of our work.
0: Perfect. No, thank you so much. And and as somebody who knows next to nothing, I here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: <laughs> mm. The Raptors,
0: I wanted them to be good. And so I just decided to pretend that they were good for most of the year. And like, why do I have to worry about the draft? We're not going to have a lottery pick. And they make a trade. At the trade deadline, uh, trading away next year's pick and so I'm like, they're going for it. This is a team that's buying. They're going for it. I don't have to worry about the draft. And now the lottery is upon us. And I know next to nothing. So I'm so (laughs) great to be able to like dive in and learn something about some of these prospects now. For the Raptors, unfortunately, it's not a, an opportunity where they can, well, I mean, there's always a chance that they can sneak into the top four like they did a couple of years ago, but it's very slim. They have like a 1% chance to get yeah. Victor Wembanyama, who I know about. That's one prospect I know about. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know something. <laughs> um, but, uh, but outside of that, they, they're they more than likely going to have the 13th pick. I think it's a, a 93% chance for them to have the 13th pick according to, um, what is it? Uh the draft site that's name is escaping oh, me right now. Tankathon. There we go.
1: There you go. That's the one.
0: That's the one. That's the one. So yeah, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing with it all morning, and I was just like, <laughs> which is what I like to do, you know, in that twenty twenty one season where I just kept clicking like simulate, and the Raptors stayed at thirteen the entire time. <laughs> I probably clicked it a hundred <laughs> different times. So, I mean, probably going to have a thirteenth pick. So it'll it's fun. I like I brought you on because I want to sort of take a look at this. I know that there are a lot of Raptor fans that have been looking at the draft and have been diving in, but I don't know how big college sports is here in Canada because you know it's a little bit different. Um, sure. We we don't sort of have those same schools. I don't know if, you know people have ties to them so much. So I feel like there are a lot of Raptor fans that are coming into this, not knowing who a lot of these guys are. If they're anything like me. So I'd love to have you on and pick your brain. This is like draft 101 this is draft for dummies okay Um, about some of the prospects (laughs) so I'm gonna throw at you I don't know how much you know about the rafters but um well first let me ask you before we even get into the rafters just about the draft in itself for a team that's looking at the 13th pick you know we know that the names are Scoot Henderson there's Brandon Miller there's all these guys at the top but for teams that are looking for the mid to late lottery what could they look to expect is there like a, a stud somewhere down there as well is it one of those deep draft classes
1: I think there could be. And Iman, we we see this every draft where we're like dead set, like this player is going to be a top 10 pick. And then for reasons that are not always explained, they kind of stumble down. I I think even if everything goes according to my board that I do personally, I have hundreds of players on a board. Um, I, I think that around 13, 14 range, there is still plenty of good prospects. Now, We'll dive into this a little bit more later, but I am extremely high on a particular prospect and where they are on my Ooh. board and where the uh, the consensus, so to speak, is on this player probably might be available for the Raptors. And I think that he is like an absolute gem of a fit for you guys. I would be elated for you guys to have him because I think that y'all would do a good job in developing him. But overall, as far as like the, the, the depth of this talent, uh, the prospects that are be available and especially for the Raptors team needs like this is a this is a good draft so okay. even if you don't get that Victor Wimbanyama that that everyone is gunning for we'll just get scoot and
0: go home we'll, we'll call it a day yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go you get scoot and go home but I think that around that 13 range there are plenty of diamonds in the rough that could be at worst like valuable contributors to your team
0: That's great to hear. That's great to hear because I've I've heard a lot of draft projections about next season and like that's the pick that the Raptors traded away. And by all accounts, it's probably safer to trade away next year's than this year's based off of what some of the people have have kind of put out there as projections. So I'm really interested to hear who that sort of player you were talking about is. Let's pivot (laughs) over to the Raptors and, and we'll get into that. So this Raptors team, as I mentioned, had hopes of, you know, they, they made the play and they wanted to be a playoff team, but of course, they just didn't make it there because they couldn't make a free throw in the most important game of the season. But that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Um, so, OK, so let's look at this. This is a team that wants to win right now. Now, if you are Messiah, if you had to put on your uh, drafting hat and you were looking at a player who cannot not so much filling all their needs, but a player who is win now ready can slot into the top six, because I don't know how much you know about the Raptors, but one thing about them is they don't have a lot of rotation guys. they are not a lot yeah. of guys they trust. Um, and, you know, they've got some young guys that they're developing, but right now there's just not a lot of guys that they trust to play. Who do you look at that can come into the league next season and can play? I mean, Nick Nurse is not coaching them, so probably not 40 minutes a night, but right. um, <laughs> upwards of, you know, starter-level minutes, even if they're not a starter right away, which I, I can't imagine anyone would be. Um, so, yeah, so, so what are you looking at in terms of who can come in at around the sort of late lottery and play heavy minutes for a team looking to win?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the player that I have 13th on my board right now is Cason Wallace. Now, he is a guard that I think is well-suited to be a valuable contributor for years to come on any NBA team because he he's the, he's the type of guard that can play next to like a jumbo creator. So Scotty Barnes on... You know, on, on the Raptors, and then yeah. Pascal Pascal Siakam taking taking leaps as a playmaker as well. Yeah, Case and Wallace can come in and space the floor. Now Kentucky was a weird team; they've been weird for the past few seasons. But he's about six four, uh, a very reliable three point shooter, uh, and uh, probably pound for pound the best defensive playmaker on the perimeter in this class. So, at thirteen, I think that if you add him to your rotation there may not be as like high a star upside as some of these other names but this could be a long-term starter for the raptors for for many many years and i and i know that the guard position has uh, been a position of need for a little bit especially yes, in the creation yes, yes. aspect oh yeah and i know that we'll get into some more of those guards but if i had to just nail down one that would be available for the raptors right at 13th on my board is caseen wallace and i i think that he he screams like a a masai Ujiri type of guard because he's that. defensive minded, he can shoot, and he's unselfish.
0: I mean, those are the, some of the top things on, on my list is having a guy who sort of meets that criteria. So I'm I'm looking out for and That's good to know. Like I said, this is all all new information to me. But um, I, I love that you said. You know, the, the defense is sort of the first thing that sticks out at me mm-hmm. because that's going to be something that I think a new player coming into the system is going to need, especially because. The Raptors are probably hey, Raptor fans. I mean, you have three free agents. The chance that you keep all of them, I think, is fairly slim. I, I think that one of the three are gonna go, and it's probably gonna be one of your guards. So we know the guards is gonna be a part of, of focus for for this entire podcast. Although you know, we might talk about a forward because Masai Ujiri is known to pick one of those up. <laughs> but um, I think a defensive minded one because we saw yes, the Raptors now have a, a rim protector in in Yakupertl, but they're point of attack defense really was bad last year for a good chunk of the year. And so they really need to improve that. And I think by being healthy, certainly does that, but that's if they retain him. So um, that's, that's really interesting. Cason. Okay. I like that name. And also, you know, you mentioned the thing about high upside, which I think is all oftentimes when we talk about drafts, we're looking for that guy, who has the most upside that you can get and you're, you're picking at 13 what the Raptors have done, I think really well, is late in drafts, find guys like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi yes. Granted with injuries and, and all these guys that have really high upsides late in draft, but or late in the draft. But the one time that they had a lottery pick prior to Scotty Barnes, they took Jacob Purdle, who wasn't the high upside guy, but was just like his floor is going to be high. We know that he's going to be a good basketball player, even if he doesn't have the upside of a Pascal Siakam. Those are two guys in the same draft. And so I think people see Messiah as being someone who is uh, a little risk taker with his picks, but I think he's actually proven to be more conservative when he does have a sort of mid to late lottery pick. Like Jack Pertle was, that was a 10th overall pick. And I think he went with the most conservative option there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same this time. I think a lot of people are looking at upside, but I wouldn't put it past him to pick the safest bet there as well. Does that make sense? I, yeah, <laughs> that
1: makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think too, like based on what we know about how Toronto has attacked the draft or the great thing about the Raptors is, is that they kind of have like a template of a player at each position that they prefer. And a power
0: forward, guard, power forward, forward. center power forward.
1: (laughs) Correct. Right. But I I, I think that they identify those types of players in both the draft and in the trade market Mm -hmm. too. So I think that what we've seen with the Raptors kind of being a little bit deficient at that lead guard position, I think that we could acknowledge that probably benefit from having you know, some relief for your front court players by adding at least one guard who six foot four. So he's not going to be like the biggest guard, but he's also not tiny tiny. either. Yeah. Right. He's super long, can defend the one and the two. So that's going to be valuable and he's going to be able to play well off of and complement that front court. So a little bit of give and take, but not too much of an overbearing type of player that is going to like force the Raptors for whatever reason to change their style of play too terribly much, but can relieve those guys from uh going deeper in their bag than I guess they necessarily have to.
0: I think I think that's sort of music to a lot of Raptor fans' ears. What everybody wants is just a six-four player. Like, can we get someone who's six four to six six? <laughs> like there is that go. is that allowed? Um no, I, I think that you're hitting I think you're hitting the mark on everything that the Raptors team needs. And let's let's pivot to some of those things because I've been looking at a lot of draft boards and, and mock drafts. And a lot of people are pointing to do the Raptors maybe need a center. Do they maybe need a small board? Cause I guess if you're looking at the roster, those are some holes, but you mentioned it. The biggest one is still. Hard position They need more playmakers. They need. Um, more rim pressure. Like, can we get someone who can go downhill? Can we get someone who has a handle that you can trust there? And also point of attack defense is, I think, an area of emphasis. And most importantly, shooting. So let's actually start with shooting, because I think that that is always going to be something that Raptor fans focus on. If you can focus on the shooting aspect of this draft, who are some names that Raptor fans should maybe dig into a little bit or really be hopeful that their team can pick up?
1: And... So for shooting being the number one uh, need that you have prioritized here, Iman, I think that this is the perfect draft draft class for you to kind of need that because there is going to be no shortage of players available for even deep into the second round, in my opinion. But around the lottery range, I have four names that I would love to to hear to present the fans here. So. The first one is Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. Now he kind of feels like a Raptorsy player because he's a he's a wing forward who's about six six, a little bit undersized for the template that you're trying to follow there, but he's very strong. You know he's kind of awkwardly built, but you know the best part about the draft season now is you're starting to see these like workout pictures and stuff like that, and he looks like he's gotten into pretty good shape okay. uh, the, this offseason. season. Um, and he's pretty much known for being a scorer, but I think the under-discussed aspect of his game is that he was a 40% three-point shooter in college. Um, He's also capable of being able to take players off of the bounce too. So he has like that scoring shooting uh, aspect to his game. I actually have him one spot behind Kaysen because there is a little bit of a chance that some of the deficiencies in his game and some of the concerns might bear themselves out. But I think that he actually might have a little bit higher upside than a case in Wallace. So it's kind of like a more risk reward type player. Right. But there are a lot of guys that know ceilings. Like if you're asking me about Bryce, I feel like I have a more, him in a more conservative position. There are some guys that know ceilings that have him like top 10. So really, probably, can I ask what
0: are those deficiencies that have you kind of uh, more conservative with him?
1: Well, so the the thing about him and a couple other players in this draft is that he played on a team that didn't really pass the ball well. So that impacted okay. his, passing numbers and I know that for Toronto you're going to want to see someone who can come in and kind of help you know share the sugar a little bit so that's a bit of a concern a lot of his shots are kind of tough shots but he makes them a good efficiency right now like overall from the field he's a 48 percent field goal shooter so although they look tough he finishes well There's just that little bit of like, is he going to be able to do that against elite NBA level competition on the perimeter? So that's a little bit of a concern of mine. I think that worst case scenario though, you're looking at him being a pretty good three point shooter in the NBA and the defensive concerns are also present a little bit too, which doesn't really pull at the heartstrings of a Toronto Raptors fan base. I understand, but if everything breaks right for him, you have, an efficient, like kind of heliocentric type of offensive player. And you just kind of hope that the defense around him uh holds up to make him at least like a net neutral style defender. So that's one. Um and the next prospect. I'm not of, mad like, at
0: that. Like that kind of feels like a like a replacement for Gary Trent Jr. who's two inches taller, <laughs> like
1: exactly. or an inch tall.
0: It feels very okay. I like I'm not I'm not mad at that. The Raptors are probably going to need a new six man. Or maybe they keep them, like, fingers crossed. But yeah, and then get both of them. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go to the next one. I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no, no, please do. Please do no, this, this is great. Show. I'm going. Just... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big
0: wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. here's the thing I don't shout out okay. everybody who knows anybody who watches this knows that. So I probably will, but I'll lie to myself and say that I won't continue to interrupt even though well, I'm I've been married for done.
1: 12 years. So I'm used to being interrupted. So we're, we're fine on that. Front. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, The next prospect I'd like to bring up is one that's fallen down boards a lot. Us at no ceilings. I, I've, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we're still kind of holding on hope that he is um, going to be a pretty good prospect. And I have him at 17th on my board. Again, there are more people at no ceilings that are higher. I'm a little bit more uh, conservative, I would say um, with, with him, but even still I have him at 17th, which is significantly higher than where you're going to find at some places. And that's jet Mm -hmm. Howard out of Michigan. Now, again, another guy with a little bit of defensive concerns, he shot 41% from the floor, 37% from three 85, or excuse me, 80% from the free throw line. And he's a 14 point per game player at Michigan. Now, people are concerned about athleticism defense and stuff like that at the end of the season it was actually reported that he had two ankle injuries that one on each ankle so there are also injury concerns but the thing is is that he's like 6 foot 8 so he's like a mountain of a player um it very like if anything else he's going to be a tremendous three point shooter and he also possesses some good like tertiary playmaking which again for on the perimeter on the wing playing off of you know your your star players there in Toronto. I think that Jet could complement them as well and give you some good size along the wing, and good playmaking as well. So that would be my second uh, player that I have here. My next two, Grady Dick, who I have at 16 out of Kansas, and then the last one is Max Lewis out of Pepperdine. I have him 19th on my board. Okay. Both of these guys shot very well from the floor. Max Lewis played on a poor defensive team in Pepperdine, so it's kind of one of those players that I don't know how much of the defensive concerns are him or that there's the de- the team as a whole could not play defense, but he's about six, seven. And early on in the season, he was breaking all kinds of shooting models, right? Like he was one of the best shooters in the first half of the season, like ridiculously good at shooting, not just like, oh, okay. He's pretty nice. Like he was, he was going nuts, but it kind of averaged out to about 35%. And again, right. he was like, hands down, in my opinion, the best player on his team in college on a in the WCC, which is not like a, like the premier conference in college basketball. Right. And Grady Dick played at Kansas 6'8". I actually like his off-ball game a lot. Uh, he's getting knocked as not being a premier movement shooter. I think that he can be. I also like his stuff that he can do when he's not shooting. Like, there was one game that I watched with him against TCU – where the shot wasn't going, but he can attack the basket. He can rebound the defense is further along than other people give him credit for. But those are my four kind of targets that I would, if I'm Toronto, like at worst, the worst shooter out of this group shot 35% on a high volume and difficult shot making. So all great shooters that were going to be available for Toronto.
0: I love to hear that. I'm not going to lie. As soon as you said, Jet Howard was six, eight and shot Forty percent from deep. I'm like, let me search him up because that sounds like a Messiah Jerry guy, <laughs> and I couldn't find his wingspan. Um, it's NNA on on every single board that I looked at, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I was really looking for it. I was like, does he does he meet the criteria here? But um, I love that. I love that there are so many shooters in this shot class. I think that that's sort of music to a lot of Raptor fans ears. And if we can get somebody who can shoot the ball, I mean, where would this team be? Where would this team be? Um, Opens
1: the floor for your guys a lot more, you know?
0: uh, it's it's Very true. And you know what else opens the floor for our guys more? Guys who have great rim pressure, guys who can get to the rim. That's something that the Raptors really lack, right? Their one point guard that we do have is is Fred Van Vliet, who is 6 feet tall. So, yes, he's the best at getting into the paint. He's the best at getting to the rim and and getting all the way there. But he's obviously not going to finish at a high rate just because he is – always the smallest guy on the court um yeah. and so who like is there is there sort of that that quick guy is there that quick guard who can you know take people off the dribble and really get to the rim because I think that that's you know as much as the Raptors need shooting they also just need someone who can get downhill are there some some guys in there that can can do a lot of that, that the Raptors should be looking at as well
1: so I'll give you I'll give you three names here the first one is the guy that I was referring to earlier that I have eighth on my board, but everywhere right. else I'm seeing like he's falling significantly further down. And that's Jalen Huschafino out of Indiana. Okay. And the reason that I like him a lot is that he plays with a pace unto himself. And typically when you see a player that plays at his own unique pace, that translates really well into the NBA. Now, right. I don't I don't mean to get crazy high hopes up for people, but I, love I that. love him right? Like absolutely adore him. So he is about 6'5 to 6'6 um, and is a guard. So he's got good guard size, which would fit yeah. kind of that Toronto Raptor mold. Yeah. The reason that I like him so much is because he plays with such a mature manner to his game. And with the size that he has in the field that he has, he reminds me I'm not saying he's going to be them, but he reminds me of like guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Shea Gilgus Alexander, just because of the intersection of size and feel for the game, right. his best games this year, like measure up to anybody's best games this year. Okay, And there's, he's being able to play off of a guy like Trey Jackson Davis at Indiana, who was another high efficiency player in college basketball. So he doesn't have to do everything himself. He's used to playing off to off of another player, especially in the front court. So that, Music to Toronto fans' ears. I just Very love much. the the unique style of play that he has. He's not really like a gunner. He's not like super quick like I'm in Thompson or anything like that, but he understands angles, works well off of the pick and roll. I think there's so much more to his game that he's going to be able to unlock as like a true blue freshman within this class at his age. I think the sky is the limit for him. And Usually when we see these guys, like, look at where Shea was drafted. Look at where Tyrese Halliburton were drafted in their respective draft classes. And yeah. now one's, like, getting MVP votes, and the other one is um, a lead leader in assists. Yeah. All and and all NBA. Exactly, right? So, yeah. like, tremendous players that revisionist history would say, oh, okay, well, if you looked at this, this, and this, this is why they failed. This is why they should have been higher. I think Jalen Shafino is that next of guard that's in line that's really um, interesting.
0: So. I do believe that like if they're I think I think the the thing is two guys that miss I really desperately wanted to get into the lottery for Giannis Kumbo and Sheik Gilders Alexander. Those are the two guys that he fought to get into the lottery for. So that's that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I'm assuming there's no Giannis in this draft class. I mean, there's Victor Wampanyama, there's a seven-foot version of it.
1: <laughs> so there's there's actually a guy, if oh. I can deviate from the outline here. Oh, yeah. Um, no,
0: like that's let's let's pivot to the, the last portion. I mean, if there's no other guards that you want to throw in at me, because I feel like that's what every Raptor fan wants to talk about. My last question is. We're going to be talking about guards so much, but Masai Ujiri is just going to do what he always does and pick a guy who's like 6'9 with a 7-foot wingspan. He's going to pick Giannis Light. He's going mm-hmm. to pick someone who resembles at the most. Is there that guy in this draft?
1: I think there's a, a few. The, the one that I'm excited about is a player that I actually had a chance to interview very early on in the season. Okay. And it's funny you mentioned, like, there's not a Giannis Antetokounmpo in this draft. Bobby Clintman out of Wake Forest. Now, for people who are listening to the name and are going straight to college basketball reference, you're going to be a little disappointed at the numbers at face value, right? He's from Malmo, Sweden. In the U21 tournament, he was putting up like 20, 10, and 5 against players around his age. He transferred, or excuse me, he he moved from Sweden to go play at Sunrise Christian with Grady Dick and uh, Mark Mitchell. And then from there, he moved to north carolina now the reason he didn't stay international is that he wanted to learn the american style of game because he figured that's how he's going to make the most amount of money that worked out pretty well for him in high school and in college in the second half of the season he actually started playing really well he's about six ten. shot really well from three like about 37 percent. i want to say off the top of my head i don't have the numbers in front of me but shot very well yeah shows great feel for the game has a good positional handle and he his nickname is the Swede Freak because he is like idolizing Giannis and kind of models his game. And the interview I had with him, he was like, people actually like come up to me and be like, are you Giannis? Because they actually kind of look very similar in features. So he is kind of a name that is rising to the, to the forefront in draft circles right now. I think I just saw something like Kevin O'Connor from the ringer, I think put him at 15th or something like that. Okay. So he is, um, He is rising. Which was Giannis'
0: pick. That was where Giannis was drafted at. There we go.
1: Exactly, right? (laughs) So, so many stark comparisons between them. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be Giannis, but he's probably going to be the late-season riser. And at 6'10", can play the 3 and the 4, maybe the 5 when he beefs up. And here's the thing, like, kind of contextualizing the numbers a little bit. Yeah. He grew to, like, 6'10", 6'11", and to 220 pounds within two years. So, he's, like – still learning how to play basketball with the spring yet still being like an anthony davis
0: level growth spurt right like a guard who just became a seven footer overnight yeah Yeah, okay
1: yeah well not as drastic right like six right right, yeah Yeah. but still like a, a good growth spurt still learning the frame and shows great feel for the game like those type of players are pretty enticing and nba front offices liked him enough to invite him in the combine which means that He had to meet a certain metric of NBA for an office to say, yes, let's get this guy in front of me. So teams love him and he's going to be a late riser.
0: All right. I mean, I was really expecting there not to be an answer to that. And now I'm just processing, (laughs) have I just thrown everybody else away? Am I, have I found my pick? Do I need any more? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, No, but thank you so much for joining. Now uh, I I do sort of want to, I want to sort of, you know, close off on this with saying like, With all the names that you threw out there, Mm -hmm. if you had the choice, assuming that most of those guys are there, or if you can maybe narrow it down to like two or three that you think, considering the Raptors needs. If I tell you, I need a guard, I need someone who can get downhill, but I need playmaking. I need shooting. If I told you those are my three biggest needs, we're going to keep Giannis. We're going to keep baby Giannis. We're just going to move him to the side. He's a lock. Um, and we want three other guys that we're talking about, just guard specific, and then maybe we can pick one that isn't a guard, just off.
1: Okay, yeah. So if Bobby's off to the side, like made, side. okay, perfect. Because I love Bobby. <laughs> he's he's like the sweetest kid I've ever had a chance to talk to. But oh, um,
0: that makes me I, want him uh, on the team. Even I love when people say a, a prospect is nice. I'm like, yeah, uh, let's draft him. I like nice people on my team. <laughs> I
1: legit told him that if I had a daughter his age, he could marry my daughter. I told him that, <laughs> like during the <an> interview. So, <laughs> um. I, I think Jalen Heshafino, one, because I have him ranked as high as I do on my board, and then two, I think he meets so many of the Toronto Raptors' needs. I think that that's a hand-in-glove fit, so he would be like, on my Mount Rushmore, he's number one for okay. the Toronto Raptors in this draft class. I think Bryce Sensabaugh is another one who isn't like a lead guard, but is like a perimeter-based scorer. Who can give offense and bunches to a team that that kind of needs it? And I think that there is going to be more to his passing game than there was in Ohio State one because it's going to be hard for it to be lower. And two, I think playing with better um, caliber players is going to open up his game a lot. So, and then I think Kaysen Wallace is like the if you like had to pick one player that you know is going to start on this team tomorrow, yeah. and contribute. I think Kaysen would be like the if I had to play it safe and invest, you know, millions of dollars, which these front offices do, Kaysen is probably going to be like the most surefire of any of any of these three.
0: I mean, that's so much to chew on as we, as we head into this lottery that's coming up and hopefully we have to move up and we're talking about, you know, we're throwing this all away and it's just Victor Wimpingama. But if it's not the case, thank you so much for joining us and giving us, so much to think and, and talk about. Uh, I'll leave you with any sort of parting words on this draft. Or uh, l- actually, let me ask you, Like, I think Raptor oh. fans are kind of worried about the fact that they just have the 13th pick. And I think, I'm hoping, that you're walking away from this podcast feeling <laughs> a little bit better because there seems to be a lot of really great young talent yeah. that they can pick uh, around the 13th mark. But i would let you say, because I feel like you can say that much smarter than I, or you can disagree with me if I'm wrong. Like, Do you think that having a late lottery pick is is like worth it in this draft or do you think that you really need to be in the top five to 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 have a guy who can be rookie of the year scotty barnes has set the bar high for any rookie coming in
1: <laughs> yeah so, well scotty scotty proved me wrong i was low on okay. him I, i'll just to kind of just yeah. so people know that i'm being honest about what i'm saying right like i'm, yeah. I'm trying to be brave and come on a raptors podcast and said that scotty proved me wrong and
0: Where's the end Where's the there end we button? go. Yeah. <laughs> See
1: you later. No. Um, I think the reason I say that is because I think that this draft class could go down as an all timer. I think, you know, it, it compares pretty, you know, kind of in a scary way to the 1996 draft class with Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yep, yeah. There you go. Iverson, Ray Ray Allen. Iverson. Yep. yep. So a lot of like big names, but there was also some good depth, you yeah. know, just like, as far as like a draft goes it's like one of the Mount Rushmore drafts in all of basketball yeah. I honestly think that this class can rival it one because it's got the top heavy people like right people are trying to say that it's a, a three-man draft at the top I actually think right. it's four. Cam Whitmore is a star in my opinion like waiting to happen if you got the fourth pick like please don't be afraid Cam Whitmore is waiting for you he wants you Chris to take him Bosch
0: in. Scotty Barnes Cam Whitmore we got it Raptors
1: there We go if you get this was also a
0: fourth pick, right? We just traded for him with our fifth pick. There we go,
1: there we all go, all down the line. But like, there is a pretty decent drop off at around 22, 23 okay. on my board. Which, if you got 13, you're still well within. And yeah, the, the good thing the, we didn't the make knees, the playoffs,
0: guys. The good thing we didn't these, make the playoffs,
1: <laughs> playoffs Mayoffs, You know, you want to hit the draft that way you can win a championship down the line, especially with the new CBA stuff that's coming out. Okay, it's very true. Yeah, we'll get so, into that
0: in the offseason, guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not here for that. But, you know, something to consider for as far as drafts go. But I think that with the team needs that you have the quality of this draft, like don't fret that you got the 13th pick. You can get a very, very good contributor in a draft class like this one.
0: Yeah. And guys, it's not a guarantee that the Raptors do end up with a 13th pick. Of course, they have the opportunity to move up. It's mm-hmm. just very, very slighting. There's a bigger chance that they drop to 14th than it is that they move up to anywhere in the top four. But um thank you so much for joining me today, Stephen. Once again, can I get you to plug in all of your socials and where people can find you? And thank you, everyone, for joining me for another episode.
1: Well, thank again, thank you for having me, Amon. This was a, a great opportunity and thank thank you for thinking of me and reaching out. Um, happy to do this any other time that you want to get together. But for anyone who wants to find and follow me, again, no ceilingsnba.com. That's where all of my written work is going to be posted. Um, All of my podcasts are going to be available. I'm a part of the show Draft Deeper, which is every Monday. But we have shows Monday through Friday at No Ceilings uh, NBA podcast. And then at No Ceilings TV on YouTube, that's where all of our interviews, written work. We got some cool like mock draft stuff that's coming out on there too. So please go subscribe to that. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, Stephen G Hoops. That's Stephen with the P-H, the letter G and hoops. And shout out to the Raptors fan base. Uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do. And I'm on again. Thank you so much for having no, me. It's thank you for
0: having me. this. was This is so great. I cannot wait to do a deep dive. So the next time I have you on, I know who people are.
1: There you <laughs> I go.
0: just have uh, more knowledge. And I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into the podcast and to all of the written work as well. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye.